0: things that really stood out for me is I came across a stat several years ago, and it was that 48% of women in Pakistan don't even have a say in matters of their own health, right? And my team really started looking at that. And when we went into rural areas, we found that that was even more pronounced. Um, So lack of
1: access is a big issue. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, We Transform Lives. This podcast delves into the extraordinary impact of social entrepreneurship and the business innovations driving change. The series is brought to you by Transform, a unique accelerator program led by Unilever, the UK's Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, and EY, which unites corporates, donors, investors, and academics to support visionary impact enterprises. We tell the story of six entrepreneurs and their innovative business solutions driving social and environmental change in communities across Africa, South Asia, and beyond. This podcast showcases how powerful solutions being created in communities for communities by social entrepreneurs have the power to change the world, if they're scaled and supported in the right way. I'm your host, Ruthi Shah, and in this episode, we're heading to Pakistan. Did you know that there are an estimated 120 million people living in rural areas who cannot access affordable and quality healthcare, and therefore have one of the highest mortality rates in South Asia? Well, working to support these people and connect them to the incredible female doctors in the region is Doctors, a digital health platform matching the underutilised capacity of female doctors to the unmet need of health consumers via nurse-assisted technology. Joining me to tell us all about it Doctors Dr.Hers co-founder Sabine Fatimahak. Sabine has an impressive resume and amongst other things has participated in events such as the World Economic Forum, Women in the World Summit, Forbes Women, President Obama's inaugural Global Entrepreneurship Summit and the Women's Forum. Sabine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Dorothy, and to Transform for inviting me. Now, before we start off, it'd be wonderful to get to know you a little bit better before, you know, we get into doctors. So can you tell me a little bit more about your early life and how we got to this point? You know, one of my teachers um, said
0: something, which is, we come here to teach what we come here to learn. And that's really something i think that stayed with me and when i look back uh, in my life or my story there's a few things that definitely stand out for me um one goes right back to my childhood when i um, you know my mother used to always tell me that um i had a very big imagination i didn't play a lot with toys but i played with words and ideas and possibilities um I knew everyone in the community. I knew my neighbors, and I would go around gleaming information from one place to the other. Uh, and my mother used to always tell me, you know, you went out and looked for problems. Um, maybe there wasn't context or a word for that back then, but I, when I think about it now, I think I was a really good connector. You know, I had empathy. I was able, I used to listen to people and, you know, really try to understand what their issues were and, and then try to see what I could do with that information. So I think. From early on, I've been a connector. I had to understand also in my life was the power of being a woman and also working with strong, like-minded women. Um, I grew up in a family of mostly boys, males, and throughout my education, throughout my career, I was surrounded by males. Not only did I not understand my feminine power, but even if I had back then, I don't think I would have even known how to take that into my corporate life. Um, there were very few women and the women that were in management, um, I, I don't think it was very strong and positive reinforcements you know, for me at that point. And I didn't know how to bring that side of me to work. It wasn't until my mid thirties that I actually came across a community of strong, powerful women who were working with each other. And that really ended up changing my trajectory in my life and in my work. And the thing that I really had to learn in my life was the power that came, the power of the purse. Um, I was in a situation in my life that I needed to get out of. And it was when I was working, and I had financial independence, financial autonomy. Not only did that help me feel better about myself, uh, improve my self-worth, my self-esteem, but it allowed me to move myself, my family, my children out of a situation that I needed to get out of. So that was something that made sense to me, but having access to skills and being able to you know if i have financial independence and autonomy that was very important so i think these things all led me to where i am right now
1: so sabine before we get into anything more i think the audience would love to know what actually is doctors sure um
0: so people are often surprised when i you know when i share with them that in pakistan uh, medical schools graduate more women than men Three out of every four graduates in Pakistan are women, but only one out of four go on to practice due to social and cultural constraints. And then we're in a country which is the fifth largest populated country in the world. We have over 230 million and about 80% lack access to quality, affordable health care. So Doctors was created to bridge that gap and to address these two market failures. One was to bring back qualified female doctors back into the workforce um, in an agile way where they could circumvent their social and cultural issues and still be able to practice. And the second was to address the gap in healthcare and to provide
1: health care
0: using technology. So that was why Doctors was created.
1: You talked about bringing women back into work, so it's really important to look at the wider issues impacting that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So one of the main
0: issues, uh, you know, social and cultural issues, is in Pakistan there's this phenomenon called doctor bahu's, and that translates to translates to doctor brides. Um, becoming a female doctor increases your chances of getting married into a good family, and. Um, we still have a system where there are arranged marriages, mothers go out and they look for brides for their sons and being a doctor is on the, at the top of that list, but then it's often a taboo if that female is working. It it means that maybe that son, that the husband is not able to provide for his family, so that could be one issue. Um, the system is also not agile. There are a lot of issues that doctors face, safety issues, transport issues, um, and trying to balance their home, their family, childcare issues. So often when women would drop out, it was at marriage. As soon as they would get married, we would lose a large number of doctors at that time.
1: And taking that issue of affordable health care, how were you able to marry the two gaps that you saw?
0: One of the things that really stood out for me is I came across a stat several years ago, and it was that 48% of women in Pakistan don't even have a say in matters of their own health. right? And my team really started looking at that. And when we went into rural areas, we found that that was even more pronounced. Um, So lack of access is a big issue. And when I look specifically and I focus on the women's side, there's many reasons. Um, Number one, there's mobility issues. Um, Number two, a lot of times women aren't able to access healthcare independently. In some areas, some families, they require a male sponsor, a husband, father, son, brother to take them to the doctor. Um, A lot of times their social and cultural issues. In the absence of female doctors, their families might not want them to be able to see male doctors, and they might not feel comfortable with that either. Um, when it comes to women's health, there are a lot of taboo topics, and families don't sometimes feel comfortable with them, you know, with women and their families going out and discussing these issues. Access to finance is another one that women might not have the ability to pay for healthcare independently. So for us, we understood that access is an issue. And if women couldn't come and access healthcare, how could we provide access? How could we take access to women and meet them where they are? And and also we had female doctors who were qualified and they weren't practicing. And it just made sense. What if we were able to bridge the two using technology?
1: That's absolutely brilliant. But one thing that's really important is that Doctors, it's evolved and grown quite significantly. So, can you tell me a bit more about those pivotal moments where you've really seen success and an impact with what you do?
0: So, I think you know, early on, we started out that our goal was to bring back female doctors into the workforce and, you know, provide healthcare at different in communities, in in different corporate venues, corporate offices, and different venues through technology. And our focus was never on women's health, but over time, that's something that just uh, that just happened organically. We we do have customers that are males and females, but we do have a special lens on women's health. And when we look at how we've evolved, we now look at two or three different stakeholders. There's the female healthcare providers, the the educated um, professional. Healthcare providers who have left the workforce, and that's just not doctors. We've brought back doctors, therapists, dentists, um, pharmacists, and we've brought them back to the workforce. So there's that angle of reintegrating them into the workforce. We're looking at communities of women, our beneficiaries, and again, these can these can be women in rural areas. These can be women who are working in factories. They can be women working in corporate offices. Again, our goal is to provide them timely, you know, access to healthcare. And the third group that we discovered in our work is female frontline health workers. Um, these can be nurses. They can be midwives. They can be lady health workers, and even women working in rural areas on the front lines. And the other thing that was important for us is sustainability and When we work with corporate partners, there's affordability there. But when we work in other areas like communities, there's not always affordability for the the end beneficiary. So for us, it was very important to look at innovative ways where we could unlock health financing. Um, We've remained a B2B company. We work with partners um, and then we deliver healthcare. But um,
1: that was one very important realization for us. That actually helps me a lot in terms of what I was going to think about next, in that what you're doing is amazing. There are lots and lots of successes, but there are also lots of challenges. So have you pushed past those challenges and any obstacles, including the sustainability and and anything else?
0: Sure, and I know you're speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs, and I think our challenges are very similar. We have access to finance, access to human resources, access to market. We were looking at all of that and also trying to fit in the sustainability part in that. And the approach that we took is coming up with creative and innovative partnerships. And we were trying to always reach populations that didn't have access to healthcare. So when we approached uh, corporate partners, again we were looking to, f- to fill the gap for populations who were not you know who were excluded from healthcare so when we when we worked with these corporate partners we didn't approach their employees we were looking to fill the gap for people who were in their value chain and so for a corporate partner that could include somebody in their sales force a distributor a retailer a farmer and these are populations that maybe they would not have thought of including into a healthcare solution and the approach that we took is what if we came up with the loyalty and incentive program so a lot of these companies you know we would ask them if you have these people connected to your value chain how do you um incentivize them how do you reward them and you know, back in the day, maybe they gave them monetary rewards or you know prizes like iPads or motorcycles or something like that. And we said, what if we started introducing healthcare? And that became something that was introduced into this into this value chain. And so we started doing this with companies. Um, I'll give you one example. One of our partners um, there they had an issue with the retention and their attrition has gone from 48% down to 4% and their sales doubled. They doubled you know, when we once we introduced the program, we started providing health care to people in their value chain, to their families. We offered health care to the spouse, to the, the parents of these beneficiaries and their productivity increased. Um, The sales increased, and with this one company, their sales doubled, and they said it doubled in three years, and what what hadn't happened in five years, they were able to double. So these companies are seeing a business case for working with us, Um, and it's not money that's coming from their CSR budgets. This is built into their sales and marketing budgets, and they're seeing the impact
1: with their employees. So... Doctors has clearly made quite a significant impact in the various communities in which you're operating. Have you got just one more example that you can share? You
0: know, I'm going to share uh, an example of what success looks like for us. And I know sometimes we have these shiny, you know, stories and, you know, it's all wrapped up with a bow around it. Uh, But for us, for our team, success, it doesn't always come that way. Um, It comes up wrapped up in multiple layers that we have to keep peeling and, you know, addressing. working in the community um i came across a woman once and our team was working with her she had advanced stage breast cancer so um once we found that out for our team it was a no-brainer she needs to get surgery you know and then we need to continue treatment from there um but that wasn't the case there were multiple issues number one her husband didn't feel comfortable with her going and talking about an issue which was you know private and taboo Um, the family wasn't comfortable with her going into the hospital system and having to have x-rays and working and seeing male practitioners so that was an issue Um, the woman herself had an issue that she shared with us and this was something that was shared in her family in her community and she said you know i have i'm a mother of three daughters And if people in my community find out that I had breast cancer, that will affect my daughters and their ability to get married, you know? And so success doesn't, it's not about just addressing a healthcare need success. You know, when we look at at women and working with women, we can't just empower a woman and disempower her in her family, in her community. So sometimes that means we need to speak, we need to counsel the woman herself, her family, we need to work with community elders. We even bring in religious people from those areas. And 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 so for us, success is also when it's not just when there's a positive health outcome, but when we're when we're able to identify and start working with. The root cause when we're able to look at systems change, when we're able to, you know, to navigate and work through some of these dif- difficult ideas and concepts. And, and and that's really, you know, these are the stories that move us and that and they keep us going.
1: Fantastic. That's a really inspiring story. So thank you so much for sharing that one with us as well. But I also want to find out a little bit more about the female healthcare professionals. Are you able to give me an example of how perhaps they've had their lives changed too? You know, when we look at our female doctors um, and we look
0: at impact, um, we look at multiple lenses. Um, One is their own self-worth, their own self-esteem. You know, how are they feeling? And they're, they're practicing medicine again. That's a big win for them. When we speak to them, you know, they tell us stories about how it's changed their relationships, you know, their relationship with self, their relationship with their spouse. We had one doctor who shared with us that she she was on the brink of leaving her husband, you know, and it was um, being able to come back to work, working from home, you know, through the laptop and being able to choose her hours, still being able to take care of her family, it really helped her heal that, you know, build that relationship with her husband, with her family. Um, women are seeing financial impact, right? Um, they're able to practice medicine from home. It cuts the cost of childcare, it cuts the, down the cost of transport. They're able to see, for example, a female doctor who's now able to see a patient in a rural area. They would not have ever been able to, you know, even dream about that it's hard enough for them to work in urban cities and different areas and slums and clinics that maybe aren't you know safe and a, that they're able to access. But now they're able to even go wider and be able to impact and work with patients who are in far flung rural areas or deep rural areas. So um, for our doctors, and, and there's a sense of community that's come out. And I think that's the most brilliant when we when they come together and we see that they're now you know, in a network with other female doctors. Um, Recruiting doctors is the easiest, easiest part of our work. And again, not just doctors, therapists, nutritionists, pharmacists, dentists, bringing women back to work is the easiest part of that um,
1: because we are creating impact on so many levels. This is absolutely brilliant. So the Transform initiative. How did it help doctors? Like, what kind of support did Transform give you? And how did it impact things like growth, resources, even the opportunities that you were able to access?
0: Transform was really different from the get go. What I loved about Transform is that it was through the lens of learning. So it was really about learning and helping us try out things, try out things in R&D. And really, we focused on learning and it was through the approach and through the spirit of partnership. So we worked with Transform uh, at, on two different occasions, two different years. And the first time, um, what we wanted to do is we wanted to work in rural communities. Um, our partner, Unilever Pakistan, we were already working with them. and what we found was that unilever already had access in rural areas they had teams that would go out every day there were 40 teams that would go out every day and there were 13 to 15 person teams and they would go out and they would set up camp in a different village every day so there were 40 teams across Pakistan that did this daily and they were conducting sales uh, activities. They would engage the schools and local communities, and they would go door to door and they would tell communities about different products. And, and then those communities could access and purchase those products and learn more about those products. Um, what we ended up doing is the first time in Transform is augmenting and adding healthcare professionals onto those teams. So now when those teams would go out daily, there were field health workers who were trained and equipped and deployed by us, and they would set up a smart clinic camp every day in these communities. So from morning till evening, there was a frontline health worker who was sitting there who was able to connect community members to our doctors. the, you know the the door to door activities included telling the communities that hey there's a doctor here today we have access to medical um, staff here and we would also set up mahalla meetings which are community meetings in in a home of somebody in the community and we would invite females to come out, women and girls would come out and we would have different health topics that we would speak about, provide awareness on. And so really that year, that year was about providing access to education. Um, so that was year one. And through that program, we were able to reach more than a million women and girls um, through our direct interventions of telemedicine and health awareness and health education. and. Those numbers were great, you know, and we created impact and we had some wonderful stories. And again, we were improving the lives of our female doctors, the beneficiaries, the communities of women and girls, and also the frontline health workers who now had, you know, opportunities to earn money as well. But for us, there was more. And I think the one component that was missing is we wanted more continuity of care. When our team sat down and we looked at that, it was great that we were going into communities and providing this access, but then we would pack up and we would leave at the end of the day. And then we would go back a few times a year, but there was that gap of what was happening in between. So while we were able to go in and, and set up this wonderful program, we realized it's very labor intensive, um, you know, it's resource intensive, and we wanted to go in deeper. And so the second year of Transform, we tried a different model and we called it the Goody Bhaji model. And again we were still working with Unilever. Um Goody Baji means um a Good sister, a happy sister, I guess. And they were women, they were frontline workers who were working in their villages. And we um, we still gave them a tablet, we equipped them and we deployed them in their in their villages. And these women would then go door to door in their community. So each good debaji had maybe 150 to 250 homes in her village. And also, you know, we realized that there was a lot more that these good could do. We've, you know, we, we tried out a lot of things. We took out remote um, ultrasounds to see if could she, you know, we, we had another partner, Phillips that came on board and they provided us ultrasound machines and we wanted to see if, you know, could this good actually do an ultrasound and have our doctors be able to interpret that. We provided them diagnostics such as um, glucometers to be able to test, you know, blood sugar in their community. So. We really were able to build and test and try different models uh, through this approach. And I don't think that would have been possible with other partners. Um, Transform really was interested in looking at the learnings and helping us iterate. And even within the project, we were able to do that. And, and, and that really allowed us to come up with with a model that works and something that we're now looking at,
1: You know, we're scaling up. I'm picking up on that. Now, if we think about the value of initiatives like Transform, why is it it's so difficult for so many social entrepreneurs? Because many of them don't survive and they're not able to evolve in the way that you've been able to. So when you have initiatives like this, why is it so important to reach out for support? There's a lot of great
0: work that happens, but we work in silos. You know, one, one organization might have already addressed a need and then because we're not speaking about it, because the broader ecosystem doesn't know about it, another company is probably trying out something very similar. And so I think the power of the network is really what matters. And I think the more that we can collaborate, the more that we can share our stories, It allows us to learn from each other. It also allows us to replicate and to scale. And so for example, if I'm looking to scale something in Bangladesh right now or India, I'm able to, I've actually been able to, connect with entrepreneurs that I've met through my networks, including Transform. And we're having those discussions now. How can we take what we've done and how can we take what you're doing and, you know, maybe create some synergy together on that? So I think it's really important to be able to have these networks. Um, Transform now has, you know, the Transform Hub and they have so many partners that have come in. Um, It's not just an You know, it's great to have your solution and to test it out, but then you also need to validate, validate your ideas. You need um, evidence based, you know, reports and research that support the work you're doing. And we also need partners to help us scale. Um, So having access to private sector, having access to academia, these are all very important aspects. that go into supporting and growing and scaling uh, any organization.
1: So Sabine, with your relationship with Transform and everything that you've learned so far, what does the future hold? So with Doctors, we're continuing to work on our corporate
0: side and we work in consumer health also. Um, When we look at low income communities, we know that that's a group that is not going to just be financially sustainable and affordability is still going to be an issue in rural communities. And this is why the transform um, program was really helpful for us to be able to iterate and find models that work. We're currently uh, working still with Unilever in Pakistan, and we're looking to scale up that model, the Guddibaji model, to across more than 3,500 villages. Um, we know we can't do it alone, and so what we're doing now is working with other partners who are interested in working in that space. That includes other pharmaceutical partners, that includes um, other um, FMCG brands who have products, for example, that we can include in that basket for the Gudibaji's
1: So Sabine, can I ask you, what's your one piece of advice that you would give to individuals, businesses, social entrepreneurs who are making a change in their communities too and want to make a difference in the way that you have?
0: So my answer is very simple. It's to collaborate. Um, I gave some examples of how we've collaborated with partners in the private sector and really it's unlocked benefits um, on both sides. For us as an organization, it's brought us credibility. Um, It's provided access to resources that we would never have been able to access on our own. And it's providing us a path to scale, to replicate and to scale. And when I look at our corporate partners, um, more and more corporate partners now are looking at ways to create social impact. It's something that's being driven by their investors, by their different stakeholders, by their young employees, and they are looking to create ways
1: to create impact. Thank you so much to Sabine for such an incredible and exciting conversation. It's been amazing to learn so much about the work that Doctors is doing and the palatable difference that you're making in people's lives. I wish you all the luck with your future plans. Thank you to everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and subscribe to it wherever you find your podcasts. If your business is interested in being part of the Transform initiative and supporting impact enterprises, or if you're striving for change and would like to work with experts to develop your business, visit our website www.transform.global. I'm Druthi Shah, thank you for joining us today. And remember that together we can tackle global challenges and transform lives through enterprises that drive impact. All opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and not of the organizations supporting this episode.